All right. Are you ready for God's word this morning? I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for your love and support and your, your encouragement and just your faithfulness in serving God and just believing that God has good things in store for all of us individually and collectively. When we come together, we have that synergy and, and God has great things in store for all of us and for Grace Church here in Berks County and beyond as we have made it. The mission of grace has always been to proclaim Jesus, the good news of God's grace here in Berks and beyond. So that will continue to uh, go on forever as we stick with the word of God. So we started this teaching last Sunday morning entitled Get Wisdom. And that's from Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all your understanding, get understanding. So we're going to continue on that theme this morning. I want to read from Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. And I'm going to read through verse 7. So I invite you to follow along on the screen behind me or whatever device or your own Bible, whatever you, whatever you choose. Proverbs chapter 1 says, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding to receive the instruction of wisdom justice judgment and equity to give prudence to the simple to the young men knowledge and discretion a wise man will hear and increase learning a man of understanding will attain or acquire wise counsel to understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so you're not a fool because you're here this morning to receive more wisdom, more instruction from God as he downloads it to us. And, and uh, the book of Proverbs is certainly an excellent resource for gleaning wisdom, the entire word of God. But Solomon specifically wrote this book on, and just a, a lot of the things that he learned and received from God and just very wise applications of the Word of God to everyday living. So it's a, you say, wasn't well, it an old book? Does it really apply to us? Well, yeah, you could call it ancient wisdom, but it has modern apps. So if you go to the app store on your phone, you can download it. And you can read it, the Bible, on your phone, and it is God's wisdom. So I want to encourage you to continue to avail yourself to the Word, continue to receive the Word of God, continue to acquire wise counsel. And as stated here, that, uh, it, that uh, we will continue, that the, the wise man will hear and continue to learn or increase in learning. There's approximately, I think there's five different Hebrew words that are translated in our English word wisdom. The most predominant one that you find throughout Proverbs uh, is, is hakma, and it's, uh, it, it means to, uh, the root meaning of it is, is a pounding in, pounding it in, just keep pounding it in. So hearing it over and over again, applying yourself to it, making yourself, uh, disciplining yourself to, to uh, adhere and, to the Word of God and make sure that you're receiving it, receiving it. And so to pound it in, but also the word proverb itself, proverb means, actually refers to a rule or a standard a rule or a standard. So the rules and the standards of God's wisdom, we continue to pound them in. 
Uh, gardeners, if you do any gardening, you have done gardening, or you're going to do it in a couple weeks, you're looking, anticipating uh, starting your, your new garden for the year 2023, you plant tomato plants. When the plant begins to grow and starts getting some height to it, you put a standard next to the plant. And you attach the plant to the stake, to the standard, so that the tomato plant will grow upward. It'll spiral upward rather than just sprawl out on the ground because if it just sprawls out on the ground without a standard, that it will produce tomatoes, but because it's producing tomatoes at ground level, those tomatoes most likely won't develop into mature tomatoes. They'll, 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 you know, they'll be distorted because they're on the ground and they'll have rotten spots on them. But if you have the standard, a tomato plant will continue to grow and it will continue to bear fruit that is edible, that is fruitful, that is beneficial. And so it is with our lives. And we adhere ourselves to the standard of God's word. It might sound restrictive in a way, but yet it's the only way that we're going to grow up in the Lord, reach the height that, we are, that God has intended for us to, to reach, and also to be bearing the fruit that he has deposited within us and is calling out with, uh, from us that fruit that produces and brings honor into the kingdom of God, brings honor to God, and, and we can also anticipate that well done, good and faithful servant. So wisdom, to pound it in, think of a standard, think of a rule. It's discipline, but it's not restricted. Yes, it's ancient, but has modern applications to it. So in verse 2, again, this, the, the word wisdom there in verse 2 says to know wisdom, to, to, to pound it in, to pound in the instruction. The repetition is key to learning. The apostle Peter referred to it in 2 Peter 1 and, verse, 1 and verse 12, and he said, I will not be negligent to always remind you of these things, though you know them. He was reminding them of things. He knew that they knew them, but he's going to tell them anyway. Uh, don't we do that as parents? We keep reminding our children of, of, of things as they are growing up. You know they know them. They don't know they know them, but we know they know them. <laughs> And we keep reminding them. And so God continues to remind us. We are the children of God, and we need to be reminded of the things that we know, just like our natural children need to be reminded of the things that they know. We need to be reminded of the spiritual applications of God's word. We need to be reminded of the wisdom. We need to be reminded of things. Yes, I know that. I know that. I personally find that uh, I need a continual reminder of reading the scriptures and hearing the word of God on wisdom. I need a continual reminder of God's word concerning walking in love, walking in forgiveness. I know that, and I know that you know that, but I also know that you need to be reminded to walk in love and to walk in forgiveness. I know that you know about your stewardship, the biblical principles of, uh, and God's method of meeting all of our needs through, through our stewardship and the giving of our tithes and our offerings. You know that. I know that. I need to be reminded of it. And you need to be reminded of it. That is the wisdom of God. That's not just being redundant for redundancy's sake. That is the wisdom of Almighty God. And as long as you come to Grace Church, you're going to continue to hear you're going to continue to hear it. Even when Pastor Vern comes in, he's going to continue to preach the Word of God. He's going to continue to teach God's Word, and we will continue to be reminded of the good news of the gospel. So the Apostle Peter told his audience, and the Apostle Paul reminded his audience in Philippians chapter 3, uh, beginning of the chapter, he said, uh, to write the same thing to you. It's not tedious, but for you it is safe. 
So it's not tedious to be reminded of some basic principles of the Word of God. It's not tedious for you to be reminded of it, but for you, it is safe. And then he goes on after that and reminds them of some things that they need to be aware of. It's beware of and beware of. So there's things that we need to be aware of that will harm us if we're not paying attention uh, to what's going on. So wisdom, open up your heart, keep your ears open, and your heart responsive to the truth of God's word, and God will continue to lead you in a very wonderful way. The key word in Proverbs, like I mentioned, is wisdom, and it really refers to the ability to live life skillfully, uh, to live a godly life in an ungodly world, which is uh, no simple assignment. Proverbs really provides detailed instruction for all of us to deal successfully with the practical affairs of everyday life, how we are to relate to God, how we are to, uh, how we are to parent and how we are to train children, how children are supposed to be responsive to the word of God and, and how we are to uh, have interaction with government and so forth. Uh, Solomon being the principal author he uses a combination of poetry and parables and, 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 and concise questions and even gives us uh, illustrations through short stir, uh, stories uh, to give us, uh, uh, just to, to really pound within us that, that common sense, to give us common sense and a divine perspective necessary to handle all of life issues. And we say all of life's issues. We have wisdom from God available to us if we continue to download it to deal with every situation in life. And so I just want to encourage you to, to, to remain open, open ears and receptive and responsive attitudes with what God is speaking to you. In the book of Proverbs, the structure of it itself, we find six different types of Proverbs. I'm going to share those with you this morning. Uh, it'll... To me, I found it interesting when I came across this some years ago. It, it, it helps to identify, and it also makes it interesting to read it. Kind of say, oh, this is that, that Proverbs. Uh, uh, this is that type. This is synonymous pro pro proverb. And, and so we're going to identify six or maybe be some more, but we're going to try and get through the six and just help you. It was beneficial to me in, in reading Proverbs and, and to see the, the structure of it. And it helps us also to understand the language of the time that, that Solomon wrote this and helps us to translate it more into a, a modern application today as well. So the first type of proverb that I want to share with you this morning that we find is called a synonymous proverb. You all know what the synonymous two words basically mean the same thing. So synonymous is one in which both lines say essentially the same thing, but they are expressed in a slightly different way. They're saying the same thing, but expressed in a slightly different way. For example, verse 5, a wise man will hear and increase learning. And then the second line, a man of understanding will acquire or attain wise counsel. That's a synonymous proverb. Both lines saying the same thing, just saying it in a different way, but it continues to pound it in, pound it in. So you hear it. And how many could, could uh, uh, attest to the fact that You've heard things before, and you've heard things before, then someone else said the same thing with a different voice, and all of a sudden it's like, wow. I personally know as pastor, I've taught things, and I've taught things, and I've taught things, and we have a guest speaker comes into town, and they get up, and they 
preach and they teach, and then people say, wow, <laughs> I never heard that before. That is really rich. Pastor, why didn't you teach us that? And I go, oh, let me think. <laughs> let me go back and pull out my notes from 1994, back when we used to bring in our offerings with a check, and we used to mail them in. <laughs> and so sometimes it's synonymous, different, but the same, expressing the same thing in a different way. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty nine. 29, if we could pull that one up on the screen, it says, he who troubles his own house will inherit the wind, and a fool will be servant to the wise of heart. So this one is warning against being foolish and managing our household affairs. Otherwise, we will become servants of the wise in heart. Both lines saying the same thing, just saying it different with the hope and the aspiration that pounding it in in just a slightly different way, you may hear it differently and it may just resonate with you and all of a sudden you, you say, ah, I got it. You have that aha moment. I'm understanding it. So that's what's called a synonymous proverb. And there's many of those throughout the book. So when you're reading that, you may just want to decide, you know what, I'm going to read the chapter in Proverbs today, and I'm going to keep my eye open for a synonymous proverb, and, and it, it may make it more memorable, and it just may be what the Holy Spirit needs to uh, bring structure for you, for it to become a revelation to you, for that wisdom to really take root, and for that application in your life that you can certainly begin to apply. So that's the first one, a synonymous proverb. The second was is an antithetical proverb, and that is a, a thought is presented in the first line with the negative of that thought expressed in the second line. You see quite a few of those as well. And the reason is, is that the negative, the, the thinking behind is that the negative line accentuates the first line or the positive thought. He gives a positive thought and then a negative to bring the positive thought into a greater light and, and, and to making it pop for you. So Proverbs 14.30, we look at that one. It says, a sound heart is life to the body. Everybody, that's wisdom, right? That's positive. Are you hearing me? Is that positive? I know you're all reading ahead and you're getting, you know, you're getting paranoid. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. And if this is becoming personal, that's good. If this is one of those, ouch, oh me, that's good. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Wisdom isn't always just something that makes you feel good. So let's continue on here. Antithetical, a sound heart is life to the body. That's good. Everyone wants life. Everyone wants to experience vitality. Everyone wants to experience health and healing. And, and I mean, I've just been going after it the last couple of weeks, realizing my birthday's coming up. So I need to keep going. I need to keep going. I need to keep moving. And, uh, you know, I'm just really going after believing God for the best absolute health that I can have. But also, I can do that. But if I'm living with envy and rottenness, uh, with envy in my life, it's rottenness to the bones. It just, it just wipes out everything else. It just wipes it out. So that's an antithetical proverb. Wisdom, a positive in the first line, a negative in the second line, but that negative, but envy, but envy, you will always find a but in an antithetical proverb. And so if you say, well, how do I know what I'm looking for? You're looking for that but statement. You will always find it. Keeps being contrasted. But Proverbs 17, verse 22 is another good one. It says, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. 
A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Again, the first line positive. The second line, the but, is saying, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So you don't want a broken spirit. You want to receive healing. You want to receive forgiveness. You want to, you, you want to do what you, needs to be done to, that, you're, that we're not going through life broken. Remember, a wise man, a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. If you're broken, if you're wounded, if you're hurt, don't stay there. Don't purpose to stay there. Don't draw back, but purpose to open yourself up and, and, and come to that place where you can be experiencing the joy, the, the, that having that merry heart that, 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 that is good for us and not to allow that, that brokenness to, to bring about the, the negative circumstances for us. So you have the synonymous, you have the antithetical. You notice, remember the word for wisdom means to pound it in? means to pound it in. I just gave you uh, two Proverbs there in 14 and 17, both of them basically saying the same thing. Why is he repeating it? Pounding it in, reminding you what's good for you, what brings health, what brings flourishment, what brings strength to your body, and also reminding you what can completely wipe that out and deplete you of that energy, of that strength, and that, uh, that optimum health that, that Jesus has provided for us, for us. So, Proverbs, the third type of proverb is the, called synthetic. You know, when you get something synthetic, it's made up of various parts and pieces and different materials, but it's all put together and, and to, make, to, to make one. So a synthetic proverb of both lines seem to express a totally different thought, yet which have a common theme. They have a common theme in Proverbs 10 and verse 18. Proverbs 10 and verse 18. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool, is a fool. So what it's teaching here, the wisdom here, is that one person may be really good at hiding their true feelings, and the other makes no attempt whatsoever to conceal his or her feelings. Although both actions are direct opposite, both are condemned because the intent and the result are the same, which is harm and injury. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. And so you want to Take heed to that. You want to receive the wisdom that comes from that. The common theme here is, of course, the wrong use of the tongue. It's wrong to hide hatred with lying lips. Oh, we just love you. We're praying for you. Bless your darling heart. You know what bless your darling heart means in the Christian dictionary? You idiot. Well, I really don't like you. Bless your darling heart. We're praying for you. Those are lying lips most of the time. I don't know if they're ever. I, they may be lying lips all the time. I mean, I can't judge, but <laughs> I've heard that. I've been told that. And it's like, uh -huh. yes. <laughs> Love you too. <laughs> Love you too. We pray for you also. Can't stand your guts, but we're praying for you. <laughs> because we have to. The Bible teaches us to love. Don't be doing that. If, if it's something that needs to come out, you need to get it off your chest, do so in a godly way. 
in a mature way, but by all means, clear the deck in a healthy Christian way. But don't be lying your way through that and just making people believe that this is what you think, this is how you feel, when the exact opposite is the truth. Also, if you're spreading slander, that, that's a fool also. That's being a fool. So you don't want to be a fool. You want to be a wise person. The whole concept of, of having these writings in, in, the, in the canon of Scripture is, is for uh, us to receive wisdom. It's the call of wisdom. It's wisdom speaking to us, and we want to receive wisdom's voice and wisdom's instruction. And yes, it's, a, it's repetitive, and it's a pounding in, but let's be honest, that is what we need. That is what we need. So... The common theme of this synthetic one is that in this particular illustration in 1018 is, is the, the wrong use of the tongue. So we want to begin practicing always speaking the truth in love, always speaking words of grace that build up and edify one another. Never be speaking empty words that don't ha have no meaning to them, especially when they are disguising what you're really thinking and what you're really feeling. And so be honest with yourself, be honest to God, and be honest with one another. Are you ready for some more? You say, I got enough pounding today? Huh? You want some more pounding? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're a glutton for, we normally say a glutton for punishment, but no, you're a glutton for more wisdom. All right, number four is an integral proverb. This, an integral proverb is where the second line completes the thought of the first. This is like your spouse. When, when uh, we finish one another's lines. So the second line completes the thought of the first line and emphasizes the result obtained by applying the first line. So again, an integral proverb, the second line completes the thought of the first line and emphasizes the result obtained by applying the first. It's one of those uh, cause and effect type teachings. If you'll do this, this will be the outcome of it. And if you don't do this, this will be the result of it, that type of thing. Two illustrations, Proverbs 19 and 20. Listen to counsel and, restrain, and receive instruction, which is what you're doing at this very moment. You're listening to counsel and you're receiving instruction. The result will be that you may be wise in your latter days. So if you listen, if you have an open ear, a receptive and responsive heart to receive instruction, then you will be wise in your latter days. Now, who doesn't want to be wise in their latter days? I want to be wise. I just don't want to experience latter days. But, <laughs> but I don't have a choice. So I may as well become wise in the latter days. Amen? Amen. Proverbs 13 and 14. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. So here's, again, if you adhere yourself to the law to, as, as a fountain of life, the law of the wise, if you adhere yourself to it, if you receive it, if you allow it to be pounded in, you, and you can drive this stake in yourself. You can drive this, you, you can do it yourself. You don't have to just think, well, other people are always like telling me what to do. Or all the people are always giving me direction. No, you can go to God. Solomon asked God for wisdom, and God gave it to him. And he gave him far more than just wisdom. He said, because you didn't ask for a long life, you didn't ask for riches, you didn't ask, you didn't ask for riches, and you didn't ask for a long life, he said, I'm, I'm going to give those to you as well. 
And where we get off at sometimes is we start looking to the right hand and to the left hand, the long life in the, in the one hand and the riches and wealth in, in the other hand. We start looking at those rather than looking for wisdom, looking to God for wisdom. Wisdom is always coupled with long life and, and, and wealth and abundance. And it, it, it's, it's, it's the byproduct. It's the fruit of being wise. And you see that all through the book of Proverbs. You see it all through the word of God. So the law of the wise is a fountain of life. You notice how many of these Proverbs I shared with you this morning all have to do with life? Quality of life, fountain of life, health to the bones, rather than rottenness to the bones. And so it, it's, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's a no-brainer. Why would we not want to get all the wisdom of God concerning the everyday affairs of our lives, not just our personal lives, but all of our interactions with other people, all of the affairs of life, the financial affairs and business affairs and, and just everything that we can go to God on it. So the integral proverb, again, is that the second line completes the thought of the first and emphasizes the result obtained by applying the first line. You could call them cause and effect. If you'll do thus and so, this will be the byproduct of it. So adhere yourself to it. Number five is the parabolic. It's called a parabolic proverb. Here the first line illustrates the second. The second line is the teaching. The first one is the analogy. The first line is the analogy. The second line is the teaching. Let's look at Proverbs 25, 25. As cold water to a weary soul... So it's good news for, from a far country. So good news from a far country is great. It's great to have good news, and it's like water to a weary soul. The idea, it's very refreshing. It's very refreshing. I'm sure you all have moments and seasons where you heard good news from a far country. You've had family and friends away from the, your, the area that you're living in, and you received information that all is well. That is good news, and it's like a, a cold water to a weary soul. It's refreshing. It's like, oh, good. That's good news. That's good news. Wouldn't it be nice if we could get some of that good news on a, on a daily basis, even from the, what we call our, our media today? Just good news rather than depressing news. But we can receive that good news, and, and that's, that's the type of, uh, those type of proverbs, or the parabolic proverbs are, are, again, throughout the book of Proverbs. Another good one is uh, 26 and 9. Like a thorn that goes into a, the hand of a drunkard is a proverb in the mouth of fools. What it's teaching us here is that just as the senses of a drunk person are too dull to register pain, so are the senses of a fool too dull to register an enigma, perplexing matters, the wisdom of God. We saw that in Proverbs 1 in, in, in verse 6. The wisdom of God is to, to, to understand a proverb and an enigma. That means things that are difficult to understand. They're difficult. There's many things that are difficult to understand. There's conundrums concerning our finances. There's conundrums concerning all kinds of health. There's all kinds of conundrums or difficult things to understand, but it doesn't mean we just back away from it. It doesn't mean, well, I, I can't know that. You know, the Bible is telling us that we, we can press in and God wants to reveal things to us. 
and he reveals them to us by the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean that we're going to know everything about everything, but collectively as the body of Christ, we should not be lacking for wisdom. I don't know it all. I'll be the first to admit that. And I'll be the first to remind you that you don't know it all. But with what you all know and what I know, we have a lot of wisdom. We have more wisdom together than we do individually. And so, again, the idea here is is that as a drunkard has lost all sense of understanding or feeling what's going on, he can't can't even register pain. A drunkard can be wounded and doesn't even know it until the alcohol wears off and he realizes, oh, my goodness, someone punched me in the eye last night. I don't even remember it. Or whatever. All kinds of crazy things happen with a, an abuse of alcohol and drugs and so forth. And so, it's saying, so basically what we're being told here is that likewise, as a drunkard is too dull to register pain, the senses of a fool, we can make a decision to be fools by rejecting the wisdom of God, the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We are fools when we reject wise counsel from wise individuals and from the word of God, we are being just as foolish as the drunk person is a fool and he doesn't doesn't even realize he's been wounded. The foolish person doesn't even realize that they're being ignorant, that they're being taken advantage of. Their senses are too dull. So let's not be dull. Let's be wise. Let's open up ourselves. I want to receive the word of God. I, 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 I need to receive it. And, and be open to it. And, and you know, sometimes, we, we, especially when it comes to being corrected, I'll be the first to admit sometimes, you know, I, I like to say, yeah, I'm teachable. Yeah, I'm teachable. I'm teachable. But boy, I have a posture on something or, and I think I'm right and I'm being corrected. That's like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I, I, you know, my senses are being too dull. I don't want to receive that correction. My flesh doesn't want to. My heart wants to, but my flesh doesn't want to receive it. Then I'm reminded of I'm being no different than a person that's completely drunk and doesn't even realize they're being, that, that they're injured. Well, I don't want to be, I don't want that to be an analogy of what my life is like, what my walk is like. I want to be open and receptive and that I am a teachable, teachable person. All right. Is that enough pounding or can you have one more? One more? Y'all are doing really well. I can tell you're listening. You say, okay, I'm going to become as wise as absolutely possible. Number six is called a comparative proverb. It compares to illustrate a common trait or theme or to express something which is more desirable or superior to. And we have some Proverbs. I've gave you a couple of illustrations. Proverbs 15, verse 16 and 17. It says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. That's a comparative. Again, they're throughout Proverbs. I'm just picking different ones out for illustration purposes. But when you're reading through there, think about it. And then, then don't just think, oh, there it is. It's comparative. But what is the comparative proverb speaking to me? How does that apply to my life today? What have I been envious of? Where am I struggling with the little that I have? And, uh, I, and I, I just wish I had a whole lot more. Well, it's not that God doesn't have more for us, but is our heart right? Is our attitude right? So it's reminding us that better is a little with the fear of God. You having a healthy relationship with God, with little, is better than having a whole lot of stuff and not having a relationship with God than having a whole lot of stuff with trouble. 
I remember some years ago, I heard a, a minister was teaching. He would have been one of those people that, that, that on, on television that they're labeled as uh, prosperity preachers. And he was sharing the, the, the story about the house that he had and the mansion that they bought and, 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 and the expensive gate that they had at, at, had at the end of their driveway. And I always remember what he said about this beautiful house. And, and it's such a beautiful house that they felt like they needed to protect it. And so he put this really, really expensive, I forget the number, but let's just say it cost $100,000 to put a, a nice gate at the end of their driveway. He said, and then I realized that every time a car would go by and slow down, he said, I'd wake up thinking they're going to crash my gate. They're going to crash my gate. <laughs> and so he had a lot, but, and he was honest. He said it wasn't bringing joy and it wasn't bringing peace. He was concerned about people crashing his gate or doing something stupid. And so he had a lot, but it wasn't bringing Fulfillment. It wasn't bringing contentment. It was not bringing security. Your ultimate security is with the Lord. Amen? So you want to keep it with the Lord. Proverbs 17, 1. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Moving right along. We all know what that means, but I'm going to pound it in anyway. It's not tedious for me to remind you that better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Strife will rob you of your joy, rob you of your peace, rob you of love and contentment with family members and friends and just, you know, our relationship. So we really want to receive the wisdom of God and really keep our hearts free of, uh, of uh, not allowing strife. To, to rob us of all the things that God has for us. And it doesn't mean that I, I don't, it doesn't mean that I can't desire a house full of feasting. Having a house full of feasting, having the family together for a, a, for a celebration, there's nothing wrong with that, but you don't want that if it's filled, you don't want that coupled with strife. You want that coupled with the joy of the Lord, with the, with the, with the presence of God, the peace of God. And that, that's the idea there. It's, it's, not, it's not saying, see, it's wrong to have a big house with feasting. No, it's wrong to have a big house and feasting. It's wrong to have a small house and feasting with strife. Strife is the, what's wrong. Strife is what we want to avoid, and that's what we want to be wise to and not allow that to become as a rottenness in our bones. So those are comparative Proverbs. One more, Proverbs 25, verse 6 and 7. Do not exalt yourself in the presence of the king and do not stand in the place of the great. Next verse. For it is better, and we say better, Comparative Proverbs will often give you the better. It can tell you what is better. For it is better that he say to you, come up here. You know, it's better to be invited. Be humble. Be humble. Let other people exalt. Let other people bring honor. But don't try to, don't be pressing in to bring honor upon yourself and, and, and make yourself, you know, like, I, I, I deserve it, the head table, I deserve this or I deserve that. And say, no, don't, don't invite yourself, don't put yourself there, for it's better that if you're invited, when they say to you, come up here, then that you should be put lower in the presence of the prince whom your eyes have seen. You don't want to be embarrassed. Don't embarrass yourself by exalting yourself and then being put down in the front of other people. 
And if you've ever experienced that, you know what it feels like. So don't ever let it happen again. Don't be exalting yourself. Don't be pressing in there. Don't be jockeying for a position. The corporate world says, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. Again, nothing wrong with progress. There's nothing wrong with honor. And there's nothing wrong with promotion. But let it come from the Lord. Let it come from the Lord and don't be striving for it in the flesh because it's going it's to hurt at the end. It's not going to work out the way you thought it's going to work out. So there you have it. Those are six types of Proverbs that you have. Uh, I, I think it'll help you enjoy reading through the book of Proverbs. Uh, again, the first one is synonymous. The second one is antithetical. <clears throat> the third one is the synthetic one. And then we have the integral Proverbs, number four, number five, the parabolic, and number six, the comparative. So the bottom line is open yourself up. Be, just make the decision, I'm going to be a wise person, and I'm going to increase in learning. I'm not done learning. Don't ever, don't ever graduate out of the school of learning and becoming wise in, in kingdom principles. Before a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel and you'll be able to come to a place where you can begin to understand the enigmas of life, the difficult circumstances, the conundrums in your life. And, and uh, the beginning of it all is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. I know you're here today because you want to be a wise person. You want to pursue God. You want to follow after God, and that's commendable. Jesus has been made wisdom unto us, and so we can always go to Jesus and believe that he is with us and he is for us. If you're with us here this morning in the auditorium or perhaps you're watching us online, and you never had that moment in time when you opened up your heart and you personally invited Jesus to become into your life and, and to be the forgiver of your sins and be, become the Lord of your life, never developed a relationship with him. We want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. We'd love to pray with you and for you. So if you're here with us in the auditorium or you're watching us online, for in, in, in the auditorium here, if that's you, if you just slip up your hands so we know who we're praying with and for. We just like to pray a prayer. It's called, we call it a prayer unto salvation, and we'd love to pray this prayer and have you join us in this prayer. You want to receive Jesus? Thank you. I see that hand. Is there someone? That's it. Put it way up. That's it. Good. All right. You can put it down. Praise God. Anyone else? You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Let's pray with the gentleman in the back row that just wanted to, wants us to be in agreement with him. Let's pray this prayer. If you're with us online, you can pray along with us. Say, Father God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that my sins are forgiven through his shed blood. And I make the choice today to receive his forgiveness into my life. I declare Jesus Christ as Lord of my life from this moment on. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, sir. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. All right. I mean, y'all are just like beaming with, uh, you know, this is like an Ivy League auditorium here this morning. You guys are, you know, the best and the brightest. Amen. The grace of God is with you all. You're going to become wiser and wiser and just continue to excel in all that you put your hands to in Jesus' name.